It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds! Go Birds! Hey, hello, it is the Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Trope Parks, James Seltzer, coming your way. And Elliot, we recorded, of course, Sunday night after the game. And, you know, obviously we knew at that time that the season was for all intents and purposes over. But now as we're sitting here Tuesday afternoon recording, I feel it that much more, Elliot. It, it really does feel over now. Yeah. It feels like, you know, it's, a- it's the first pod we've had to like prepare and do for where we're like, all right, we're not caring about the game coming up anymore other than wanting them to lose it's a weird feeling eh? right I mean even in the middle of the season when they were at their low point before they went to Jalen Hurts I think we still were kind of like thinking about the games and stuff like that but now I mean first of all getting flexed to Sunday night feels like the final nail in the coffin for like this team just being mean to everybody like who wants to watch them in prime time one more time but no I, I I agree it does uh it, you know, it sucks not to have meaningful football anymore. You know, I mean, we're not going to get a meaningful football game in Philadelphia until, you know, eight months from now, eight, nine months from now. And that, that definitely sucks. But, you know, as much as like, and I do genuinely enjoy the conversation about what do they do with Doug, Howie, Carson, Jalen, all that. We're also getting to a point where we're going to get those answers soon. Like how many times in this pod have we either, either ended a postgame pod or, or Go Birds Radio or something like that talking about what we think they're going to do. We're, we're days away from finding out. So we're definitely going to get uh, some of the answers we've been trying to talk about uh, really soon here. It's a great point. It's a, a, and you're right. Like it has been a, a theme throughout the season because of how the season went, obviously. Um, you're right. We're going to get some answers to some long-held questions. I want to get to Doug because Doug had some interesting things to say about that specific question. But a quick point on the, the fact that it's a Sunday night game because this has been irking me. 
I, I think everyone, I think it's unanimous among Eagles fans that no one wants this to be on Sunday night. I think we're all in agreement. Let us just end this season and be done with it. Particularly, and of course, like Elliot nor I will ever complain about work because we don't have work. We're incredibly lucky. This Recording this podcast is not work. It's super fun. I'm talking to one of my best friends every day. It's awesome. Um, but allow me a minor complaint. Of the Sunday night game means we're staying up to one thirty in the morning on Sunday night. I know. So, so particularly well, as, as people have to talk about it. Exactly. I will complain about ha- them not just scheduling but this game during late. the day. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. And it's, I have it's, one. It's brutal. It's brutal. And I have one more. Like, this is not a complaint, but more of a, like, what are you doing, NFL? Because here's what I don't understand. And, look, I get it that the only, you know, things can happen in the day that could eliminate the intrigue in any other game but this one in the sense that, you know, I think the Green Bay Bears game should have been the choice because, you know, theoretically, if things play out a normal way, the Bears could be fighting for a spot and the Packers fighting for the one seed. If nothing else, one of those two things should be happening, which would be the same with a game where there's one thing happening. But forgetting that, forgetting the, the incantations of what can happen and what makes the game interesting, I just don't understand why. In their final primetime game of the regular season, the NFL would want to highlight the worst division in its history and the fight to win that trash division. Like it makes no sense to me from an NFL perspective, why you want to highlight this, why you want to say, all right, in our final chance to give you a primetime game this year during the regular season, here you go. Let's see if this garbage Washington team can beat a team that's already out of it to win a division at seven and nine and just display for America this disastrous division and season that we are having in the NFCs. It, I don't get it, Elliot. Why would you want to showcase, showcase well, this? I, I, I think there's two reasons. And the first one, I, I know you know this, but like Philadelphia brings ratings, right? Uh, like yes. they know Eagles yes. fans are going to yes. watch this no matter what. So from a rating standpoint, this was an easy decision from them. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is the reason this team is in prime time. Obviously, it's because of Washington. But I do think like a young rookie quarterback that's been playing well and is exciting, like it, it's you can market that. So I think that there's that component to it. Plus, honestly, like they'll probably talk during the broadcast about a lot about what we're going to talk about. Will Doug keep his job? Job? Our big change is coming. So I think there are some intriguing parts to the game. But ultimately, it comes down to this. Eagles fans are going to watch this game no matter what. The Eagles always bring ratings. You can't really say that with many other teams that their their fans will watch no matter what. So I think that's why they put it up. But I didn't even realize or think about it that had the Eagles beat Dallas, this definitely would have been the prime. Oh, it's not even a question. Like, I, My, never, honestly, Elliot, I think I think what happened is they assumed Elliot was that the Eagles were going to beat Dallas and they had already like set out their schedule with this being the game. Like they were like, all right, that's yeah. our game. And then when it happened, they're like, all right, well, I guess we just stick with it because it still matters for Washington. If they win, they're in. Um, but I think and, that's how it played out. I know we are. We already talked about the Dallas game, but I will say as the days have gone past, like, God, if they would have just won that game, man, like it would be so exciting this week. And then you see that Washington might start like Tyler Hineki or whoever that guy's name is. Like Taylor. This was so just Taylor. Sorry. This was so right there for the taking for them. Literally, like even if they just maybe switch Jalen Hurts to corner a quarter earlier, like Jalen it Mills. is crazy to think. What you said? Switch Jalen Hurts to corner. <laughs> wow, I'm just off of it. I'm off of it to start. Yeah, well, maybe J- maybe Jalen Hurts too. My my mistake. But well, it, I thought it's just... funny. It's funny because as you were saying it, I thought you were going to say maybe if they had switched Jalen Hurts a game or two earlier, 
they, that's where I thought you're going. And then you said the cornerback right. thing. And I was like, Oh, he means mills. <laughs> yeah. Like even, even a series or two earlier, it just, and we'll move past it. But I will say that loss was one of those where like the further away it's gotten, the more I'm like, God, it was literally right there for the taking for them. Like as bad as this division is. And it also says something that in the worst division in the history of football, they're the only team that's eliminated from the playoffs. Now. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's a strong statement. In the worst division in the history of football, they're the first team eliminated. Like, that is a yeah. strong statement alone, as you point out. And then also, like, you know, as we've talked about, but the idea where it was Washington was down 10 nothing before the Eagles game even started. It was like, this is magic. Like, 14 to 3, yep. let's go. We got this. You know, especially because Dallas stinks. Dallas sucks. We know that. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, look, I've been able to since then kind of rationalize in my brain and go back to what I thought earlier in the season. And I had come back to where you were at, especially with Hertz, wanting them to make the playoffs, see this fun run continue, like actually have a little fun in this horrible year that is finally, thank God, coming to an end. Um, but I can step back now having lost it. And while I'm bummed they lost it, I can step back and say, you know what? In reality, this is probably the best thing. It really is to get a higher draft pick, yeah. to get a worse schedule. Like this team, and I think that's what we saw. Like in, in going back and thinking about that Dallas game more, you know. And we talked about Hurts looking like a rookie, but it, I, I think it was more just like that's what when we were going into that Arizona game, or excuse me, the New Orleans game. And I was, I, I was like, the Eagles are not going to win this game, Elliot. Like they are too flawed around the field. And you were right. You said Hurts can raise them up and all that. I think. What we saw against Dallas was more of what I expected it to look yeah. like with Hurts from the beginning. Because I just think well, this team is so so not talented. And if Hurts isn't perfect and doesn't raise them up, they're going to be bad. And I, I think that's kind of what we saw. Yeah. And look, Hurts had a really bad game. So, you know, bad game, bad moment. Uh, just a, a what, I mean, not the most frustrating loss of the year, although it might be. I mean, there was a lot of frustrating losses, but there is something about the final one, you know, it adds another level of frustration. But good news is, you know, now I'm, I'm scrolling on Twitter. I see things about Devonta, Devontae Smith, the uh, receiver from Alabama. You know, like, that's a possibility for the Eagles now. We can talk about taking a receiver and all that. My Jamar Chase, Chase could actually end up with Jamar yes, Chase. Ellen. Yes. So they'll be like, and that's a nice thing if they pick four. They'll be like, you know, five or six guys that there will be a real possibility and we can all debate, you which, know, which, passionately How fun will that be? Take. I mean, like, it will be really fun to get to, you know, for years and years and years, it's been like, you know, kind of just, all right, who could be there at 20 or 25 or this? Or yeah, you have a really good idea. Yeah, now we're like, oh, we're going to get one of these five guys. Like, holy shit. Right. Like, one of these five guys is going to be an eagle, potentially, assuming how he doesn't pick someone who's, you know, expected to go in the second round, the top five or something, you know, which is right. certainly on the table, Elliot. Jesus, Jalen Rager. Let's just get out of the way. They didn't pick Justin let's Jefferson. Save your, let's save your Howie. Yeah, let's save your Howie rant. For, we'll uh, get there. There's going to be, I actually do have a, how. it's not even just Howie rant. It's, a, it's an important Howie Roseman point that will be coming later right. in the podcast. All right, let's get to Doug because it's been an interesting week for Doug Peterson. Goes on the morning show on WIP with John Johnson Angelo out this weekend. Um, John asked him, you know, basically, how do you feel about your job security for all intents and purposes? And Doug comes with a very strong response. I'm confident I'll be back. I talked to Jeffrey Laurie. I've had discussions. Same question in the press conference. A very similar answer. Doug Peterson, it feels like Doug Peterson knows he's going to be back. Is that how you read this whole Doug kind of thing? Because there are a lot of people who are saying, no, 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 it's not that. It's Doug, 
you know, standing for himself, essentially. Like, getting out there and saying, this is why I should be back here, or this is why this other team should hire me, or whatever. Where do you fall on the, what do you think the motives behind Doug's strong, confident stance has been this week? You know, I have to be honest to the Go Birds listeners, always. And as much as I would like to say I have a really strong opinion on it, I'm having a tough tough time getting a read on Doug with this one. And I feel like I normally have a pretty good read on what he's thinking, but like, so I think my gut, my initial instinct was he's talking like a guy that thinks he's going to be back. Like that was my initial read on it when he said it, but to talk so confidently about it. And also to honestly like lay out some of the reasons that we'll probably hear if they do bring Doug back, like the injuries, you know, being a weird year, all the games they've won in the past, like it almost read like the press release that we will probably get when they bring Doug back, right? So I think that in in his mention of talking to Lurie, I think that was telling. On the flip side, though, he did say, more or less, that Lurie has not told him whether he's going to be back or not. There have been no reports about how the Eagles are bringing Doug back, right? Like, we've heard stuff about Carson. We've heard stuff about Howie. There's been nothing, really, about Doug other than negative stuff about him being on the hot seat. So I'm like, if I had to put a percentage on the chances that this time next week, Doug Peterson is the head coach of the Eagles, I would probably put it at like 60, 65%. Yeah, I'm leaning that way too. I, I feel I'm with you in the sense that I, I really could see it being either of the things that we talked about a minute ago that, you know, different interpretations of this that different people have. I could see either being true, but I personally, when I first heard him say it and, and listened to how he said it and stuff, read it as he's been given some sort of assurance. Like that was my initial takeaway, especially when he threw in the line about, I talk weekly with Jeffrey Lurie, like the way in the cadence and the way he said it basically was like, I'm going to be back because I talk to Jeffrey every week and he has made me feel comfortable that I'll be back. Like that was the interpretation of it that I took away. Obviously other people haven't, um, but that's, that's my read on it. And as we've gotten further away from the, the, you know, disastrous part of the season and, you know, gotten to see him with Hurts and seen all the issues on this team and all that. And and it, look, to be fair, other people have pointed out too, but the idea that, you know, look, Jeffrey moved on from from Andy and like while it worked out, we got Doug and all that, like Andy Reid is flourishing in Kansas City. And I think that's something you think about too, moving on too quickly from people and all that. Um, I'm leaning towards Doug's going to be back. Like I would even go higher. I'd go 70-30 maybe. But I do think that the lack of information is interesting. So I, I think that too, like, you always see it when these types of situations, like the question is, have you been told you will be back? Right. And then if he hasn't been told that, then the speculation is like, Oh, well, he hasn't been told that, but you know, kind of to your point that you just made, but you know, if he's talking to Larry, you know, two, three times a week, having one-on-one meetings with him, talking with him after games, like he's getting a vibe on as to what is happening. I also think that if we give Doug credit for like, depends on how much credit you want to give him on how good he is with the media. But like if Doug thought he was going to be fired, he has no reason to say he's confident he'll be back. Like, I think his answer could be more something like, like you can list your, your pedigree and your resume without setting yourself up to look like a fool, you know? So I I think that he probably gets a vibe from talking to Lori that he will be back instead of getting like an outright assurance. Cause frankly, if he had an outright assurance, I think Lori would just come out and say it, or there would be some type of report. Like, so I think that he's not been told, but I think maybe he's misreading the room, but I think his read on Larry is that Larry's not going to fire him. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it there. And and look, you're right. Doug 
it is certainly possible that Doug Peterson is misreading the room. We've we've seen that happen before. Yes, but well, I, Mike Rowe would agree yeah, with Doug's exactly, ability. To you're misread absolutely right about that. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think his read is that from Jeffrey is that he's going to be back, and I do think the fact that that you know, look, it is interesting. Like you pointed out, that you know, there've been leaks on everything except Doug. It really is interesting, and I I do think it does lead to the the conclusion that Doug doesn't play the media game the same way that others do. And yeah. that Doug is not out there putting these stories out there and all that, which, you know, makes it harder for us to kind of get a read on things sometimes, but also I think makes it, um, you know, I think it makes it, it's, 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 it's an interesting aspect of Doug that, that he's never really, it seems involved in that type of stuff. Um, I, I did take it again. I took it strongly the way he said that he was confident he was going to be back. Um, what did you think of the power play stuff? I don't know if you're about to get to that. Well, but the, 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 the idea of like, do you want to be involved in personnel and that type? Yeah. I yeah. thought he kind of played it in a really, cagey's uh, not a, a, the, the correct word, but I, I thought he played it perfectly. He basically was like, hey, how he's in charge of that. I'd love to, to have my, my voice heard. I want it to be collaborative, but you know, I, I'm happy being that coach. I, I thought that was the right way to answer it. Did you think it was a power play from him? No, I didn't. That's why. I didn't either. I, I That's agree. my point. He, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think Doug is a power play type of guy. I could be wrong about that, but I think he would probably be okay coming back under the exact same scenario that's right now. You know, like, I'm, I think there's things that bother Doug. Like, I don't think Doug is thrilled by the fact that Howie doesn't talk throughout the year, and he's the one that constantly has to sit down and answer these questions. Like, I think that's probably something that bothers Doug more than not having final say on who they draft. You know, like, I, I think that that is something. I think Doug just likes to coach and likes to call plays. And at least as of right now, he gets to do that here. So as long as he can do that, I think he doesn't really care much about personnel. All right. I want to, a couple other things Doug said, and and now I move to where it was a little annoying. Doug's whole thing about the injuries, you know, blaming the injuries again and again and again. And yes, the Eagles have been ravaged by injuries, but it is frustrating to hear this, you know, Doug go to that as an excuse every time. Does that bother you at all? Do you think that's a fair excuse for Doug to say, hey, man, injuries, it's been really bad? Because it has. But at the same time, like, injuries don't explain the, you know, all these false starts right. and this and that. So where do you come down on that? This isn't going to be what people want to hear. But I do think there is some validity to the injury thing. And the reason I feel that way is because I don't blame the, the Eagles for the fact that they're injured so often. Now, look. Is, is it something they need to look at? Absolutely. I just don't think it's something they can control. But I do think, like, it's reality when you look at the defense last week or the offensive line or, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't an, an injury because he was benched for a healthy Carson Wentz. But, like, I do think that the fact that you have so many rotating pieces in there does impact your ability to be a good coach. I, I think it makes it hard to run complex schemes. I think it makes it hard to get everybody on the same page. We saw with the false starts, although, like, Trey Thomas – did a really good video breakdown where he showed that it was kind of just Jason Kelsey's fault. But overall, I, I do think that there's validity to the, to the injury thing. Now, uh, where I will kind of, uh, I guess, contradict myself is I wouldn't allow that to impact my evaluation of Doug. Like, if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'm not sitting here and saying, okay, I'm going to bring back Doug because we've had a lot of injuries. I'm, I'm, like, evaluating Doug just off, I mean, Lurie's in the building every day, off of, like, the accomplishments, his feel, all that stuff. But I do think there is validity to the fact that this team has struggled because of the massive amount of injuries. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. It just it comes off as hollow in those settings. But I, I am very with you in the fact that it has been pretty disastrous. I blame the team more than you do. I, I 
again, I, I understand that injuries happen in the NFL, but at the same time, the amount of injuries over the last three years has been unlike anything we've seen certainly here before. And I do think that there is at least the potential that that has to do with their training methods or this or that or whatever of all the things we've hypothesized about. I'm not willing to give them a pass on that yet. But I certainly think from a coaching perspective, you make a lot of compelling points. And it's hard to get on Doug when he is going out there. And that is part of the reason I think he will get another shot. You know, going out there and and competing with, you know, again, like third, fourth stringers on the offensive line and at other positions. I mean, again, the second, like, the reason they lost the Cowboys game more than anything else, more than Hurts, more than Peterson, was the fact they just didn't have anyone playing in the secondary. They got scorched. They they couldn't stop them. You know, Andy Dalton threw for 377 yards like it was nothing. So... I do think that there is validity to that. I will say, though, and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this because this is something that's come up on WIP over the last couple of days as, as a point that's being brought up in in kind of response to Doug's points. The idea of of the injuries, Doug keeps bringing up the lack of training camp, which, you know, is or lack of, you know, a, a regular training camp and preseason games and all that, um, which has annoyed me all season, as you know, because... Every other team in the league has to deal with that, so that is not a valid excuse to me at all in any situation because everyone's put on the same playing field. Yeah, it's not. I it's agree. not. It's not. But when you take those things into account, the things that Doug is saying, conversed with the idea of what we talked about heading into the season, something that I thought was going to be the biggest advantage for the Eagles heading into the season and clearly did not play out that way, but the idea that Doug Peterson was the only head coach returning, the only quarterback returning Carson Wentz, the only head coach-quarterback combo, the fact of the continuity, and I know there have been changeover with coaches, but far more continuity in the building than any other NFC's team, and they still end up the worst team in the division. How do you how do you reconcile that? And, and is that yeah. something that Doug kind of should take a hit for? Well, it makes me think about your point, which was, when I was talking about bring back the assistant coaches for continuity and your point was essentially, well, if they're not the right coaches, you don't want continuity. So I still believe Doug is a really good head coach. I still believe that Jim Schwartz is a good defensive coordinator, but your to your point, they had the most continuity in the NFL or at least sorry in, in the division. Maybe Ron Rivera is a better head coach than Doug. Maybe Joe judges. Like, I don't know. I don't think Mike McCarthy is, but uh, maybe that's the case, right? Like maybe we made too much of continuity. The fact that they're bringing back the right people, they're bringing back the same people, maybe that wasn't the case. Now on the offensive coaching staff, there was a lot of changeover. But ultimately, I, I just think when I look at this year, there, there's nothing that I look at that makes me say, this is like Doug made this compelling point to bring him back. I guess you could point to the two games with Jalen Hurts as like, okay, maybe it was Carson. But ultimately, what I think about when bringing back Doug is not, oh, it, it's his overall resume. It's nothing from this year. Like, Lurie is going to have to decide if he's going to give a mulligan to Doug for this year. And if he is, then he'll be back. But if he's, but if he's going to use this year to evaluate Doug, then he probably won't be. Because even though I think Doug did a better job than most, you cannot justify bringing back a head coach, GM, and quarterback combo that just finished 4-11-1 or whatever they're going to end up finishing. You know, like, it's just hard to, to do that. So I, I just think with the continuity thing, like, yeah, we, we misread that. Maybe we're just wrong about how good they are. But if you look at this year, it's ultimately, if, if Lurie uses this year to evaluate, then they're not going to be back. Yeah, and, and I, that was a bit of a convoluted point. No, but I, I, I know, I know what didn't. you mean. I know what you mean, and, and, I, and I agree with it. And I think, you know, it's kind of the, the question we've had as fans, too, is the idea of, of – 
is it just one bad year? Is it leading up? You know, even though they made the playoffs, we you've pointed out many times the issues we've had the the offense and this and that. And then again, on an integral level, it does come down to when Jeffrey Lurie looks at this and he says, "All right, my offense stunk this year. How much was it because of Doug Peterson? How much was it because of Carson Wentz? And how much was it because of the injuries in the roster that that surrounded them?" And and Jeffrey Lurie is the man who's going to have to make those decisions, make those calculations well, in his mind. What's interesting about this debate is. And we've had it many a times. And, and will it? And will be, again? At least for another well, week. And that, yeah. Well, and and, I, and we kind of go in circles sometimes, and I think everyone does, not just us, but like because they're also interconnected. But the interesting part about the debate is, I can't remember a time in Philly sports where there was this kind of debate, but like there wasn't a clear answer. Like with a lot of things, I feel like everyone agrees on it, and then we deba- we debate it, but like everyone agrees, like this is probably what they should do. I feel like with this. I just, I can't make my mind up. Like, I think they should bring back Doug. But if they fired him, I would get it. I think they should fire Howie. But if they brought Howie back, I guess I would get it. I would trade Carson, but I would understand if they didn't. Like, it's just, it's a very, very tough situation that Jeffrey's put himself in. It has. Like, it's just, there's no real clear-cut answer here. And I'm not even sure there's a correct one on either side. Like, Like, prior to them making this decision, like, when they hired Doug, right, I thought it was the wrong decision. It was obviously right. I was wrong about that. But like, even when they make this, these decisions, I'm not even sure I'll have a strong opinion on if it was the right one at the time, just because it's such a convoluted situation. No. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I feel pretty strongly about the Howie decision, obviously. As you I know, know you do, yeah. You um, feel stronger about Howie than I do. We're on the same page. You just feel stronger about yeah, it. Yeah, I feel strong about it. And obviously with Doug, I'm clearly, you know, I, I could see both sides. And I think it also has to do with who you would hire instead. And, like, there's a lot of different factors to it that make it hard to really break down. And, and look, again, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, to your point, you're talking about having to make these decisions and stuff like like, you also have to factor in. I always, you know, my thing with athletes are humans, and we have to remember that when evaluating them in certain things and factors. But, like, look, Jeffrey Lurie is a human, too. And he, it like, it's very easy for us to say as fans, oh, the Super Bowl was three years ago. Like, forget about it and stuff. But, like, Jeffrey Lurie bought the team 25 years ago, or now longer than that, and said, I'm here, I want to win a Super Bowl, and desperately wanted to win a Super Bowl and came very close and had these teams and all that. And then these two guys are the two guys who got him over the top. Like, ultimately, base, bottom line, we're a bottom line business. Like, it is a hard as a human being to, to look at the last three years again and with this being the one truly horrendous year. Like, you could see decline and all that stuff. And yes, they weren't great in 18 or 19, but they still made a playoff. They made the playoffs and made a playoff run the year before. Like, you have to look at these guys and say, all right, they won me a Super Bowl three years ago. And I, and, and it's hard. And, and that look, that's Jeffrey Lurie's job. Like, Jeffrey Lurie ultimately has to make the right decisions for the future health of the franchise. And he has to be willing to move on from people who helped him to that glory, essentially. But it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's well, easy to look ask- at Howie Roseman and forget that that guy won you a Super Bowl. It's easier for us than it is for Jeffrey. Let, let me ask you this. Because when he fired uh, – well, not he didn't fire. When, when he – got rid of Howie, moved him over to the different side of the building and kind of like let Chip be in charge, right? I think one of the main reasons he fired Chip was just because he didn't like being around him. You know, like I, I think there were obvious personnel decisions Chip made, but I mean, the Eagles were not exactly like three and 13 that year, right? I think they ended up winning seven games, if I'm not mistaken, because Pat Shermer won that last one. But like they were not a complete disaster like this team. Like that team was probably better than this team, you know? So, but I think ultimately Jeffrey Lurie sat there and said, 
I don't like going into the Novacare and other employees don't like going into Novacare because of the environment chip is set up. And I, I mentioned that to bring up this question. What matters more to Jeffrey? The fact that he likes Howie and he likes working with Doug or like what we see on the field. And I think that, you know, to your point about it being a human decision, I don't think it's as clear cut as we want to make it to be. Like, I'm sure everyone out here listening has coworkers that you, you know, maybe you're like, they're not the best at their job, but God, they're fun to hang out with. Right. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't want them to get fired. Or if you're a boss, you wouldn't want to fire them. I just wonder where Jeffrey draws that line between, you know, like maybe Doug's not the coach I thought. Maybe Howie's not great at drafting. But God, I love coming into the Novacare. We're basically competitive every year. They did win me a Super Bowl. Like, you know, there is something to be said for firing your friends. Like, it does make it harder. Yeah. And look, he did it with Joe Banner. We know that he can do it, but it, it's certainly not easier. It's a After gr- a long time. Right, though. exactly. It's it's not yeah. it's not easy. Um, it's a great point. All right, I want to I have a question. And I don't know if I, I, just really quick, I don't know if Maybe I'm misremembering, but Joe Banner was like, I don't think that was like a firing more than a, a, a actually potentially very mutual parting of ways, well, he, right? I mean, essentially, like, he, like he, how fi- he, he fired, fired Banner. He fired Banner. Okay, that, that's fine. I'm, I, like I said, I misremember, but I always picture that more as like them deciding to part ways. Like how he would be straight up fired, you know, like if they moved on from yeah, how that it, would be that a was a, Banner was a firing too, for what it's worth. Okay, all right. But regardless, okay. I know what you mean. And and it's, look again, and, and I, I, we both, a hundred percent agree. Howie's not going anywhere this year. We don't. We totally believe that Dom article. I don't think Howie's going anywhere. Um, but to your point, like you know, at a certain point, Jeffrey's going to have to step back and say, "Yeah, I like him. I look at him as like a son and all this type of stuff." But I have to do what's best for the franchise. It's going to be interesting when he gets. We also the tough part about point. evaluating Howie, and I've made this point though, is like you're kind of if you're Lurie, you're evaluating yourself because he probably had something to do with the Jalen Hurts pick. He had something to do with. Well, yeah, he's definitely involved in all that stuff, as we learned. Yeah. you know. So, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a great point. All right, I'm going to ask you a hurts Wentz question in one sec. But, again, I have, I, we're, we're week, heading into week 17. If, if you haven't downloaded the Parkasino Sportsbook app yet, I don't know what you're doing. You still have time. we got the playoffs coming up. Let's have some fun. Let's make some money. It is fun, easy-to-use, intuitive app. And you can bet on every single NFL game on the slate, every college football, college basketball Pro basketball, hockey's around the corner. You can bet on anything and everything with this app. It is a blast. It is so much fun to use. Elliot has been giving out winners right and left. Is Park's pick of the week? You got anything for <laughs> My us? NFL, NFL winners. NBA, I got off to a bit of a rough start. I went, I went over two on my opening night picks, which was not great. But I have a, I have a gambling question for you in regards Ooh. to the park. So as we all know, a few weeks ago, I suggested the Eagles 14 to one to win at, to win the NFC East. Didn't happen. But do you think that was still a good bet considering how close they got? Yeah. I said it at the time. I thought it was a good bet. The process over results. I think it was a good bet. You had a chance. They should have beaten Dallas and you would have a chance to win 14 to one odds uh, if, if, if beating Washington. It's a, I thought it was yeah. a great bet at the time, and and the odds going lower and lower as they marched forward until it stopped, I think proved that. So I'm I'm 100 percent with you. I, I thought it was a great bet. And again, so, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I, I was going through the Parks Casino app and I was watching uh, watching Houston Denver last night and looking at some of the future odds. Here here are two odds I'm I'm interested in in terms of future NBA champion odds. I like Denver plus two thousand, and then this is my sleeper. Phoenix plus six thousand. Wow. 
Wow. I mean, I don't think there's any way Phoenix wins the title, but I, li- I like I like the team. I think Phoenix is going to be a playoff team. I think they're because... interesting. Like, yeah, it's plus 6,000. Yeah. It's worth so it. It's worth a couple. probably won't win. But couple, th- that's where I'm shackles. sitting right now on my Parks yeah, Casino app. It's not too bad. So there you go. So, again, check out Elliot's Twitter. He'll keep giving you winners, NFL ones, maybe NBA ones. Uh, and, again, you can bet on every yeah, single game on the slate. Washington, a one-point favorite right now against Philly. Uh, if you think Philly's going to fight, Maybe that's a good bet. Little surprised that that uh that they're favored. Yeah, well, it swung back. It was originally Philadelphia favored, now it's swung to Washington. We'll get into that. For those who don't know, tomorrow our pod with every single game on the Week 17 slate will be out. We'll go through every game, and at the end of this game, uh, this pod, we will make our pick on Washington Eagles again. You can bet on every single game out there, and so many great deals too with the Barcelona Sportsbook app. A free $50 sportsbook bet with no deposit required for a limited time only, and of course, a $500 uh, risk sign up. Now you get a risk free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500 for all these deals. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G O B I R D S to get your risk free bet of up to 500 your free bet of $50 so many good deals again that's parxcasino.com slash pa the website has all the details your risk-free bets refunded on your losses a free bet as always you must be 21 and present in pennsylvania gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right uh jaylen hurts will be starting again this week uh you and i joked a little bit about nate sudfeld or you know who carson wentz like trying to lose the game i think it's fine to start head hurts even though i want them to lose you're you're getting more you know, as many opportunities to evaluate him as you can. But with this in mind, let's say Hurts plays fine on Sunday night. Hopefully they lose, but let's say he plays fine. Um, an interesting conundrum. This is something we're going to talk about a lot moving forward. But what do you do? Let's say they lose, and let's say they're a top-four pick, Elliot, and you're looking at a situation where you got a guy like Justin Fields on the board, and obviously it's all about their evaluation of the guy and right. all that, but... Um, it's a really interesting situation. Where do you stand on Wentz Hurts, first and foremost, and then whether you consider a, a top-five type pick using it on a quarterback? So I, I think it was the right decision not to play Carson Wentz. I wouldn't put him out there. I don't think – like, I had people tweet at me, well, let's see if the benching has helped him. I don't think it's been long enough to really get a true evaluation of whether, like, him sitting has helped him. And also, to be honest – you might hurt his trade value if he gets hurt, right? So I would not have played Carson. I I would have started probably Nate Sudfeld just because I think they should lose the game. But I understand starting, starting Jalen Hurts. I think it's interesting that Doug said he wanted to start him because he wanted to continue to evaluate him. And then he had the quote where he was asked about who was going to be his quarterback of the future, essentially, in so many words. And he was like, you know, basically, I'm not going to answer that. We, so we have decisions to make. So I do think they're giving Jalen Hurts a real like evaluation. Jalen Hurts is interesting in this game because he, I think he has more to play for in this game than maybe anybody else. If he plays really well, and if the, he plays that way, they'll probably win. He's knocking their pick from like top five to, you know, like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 area, right? It's a lot harder to get a quarterback there than it is if you're top four. So Jalen Hurts is making it more likely he's the quarterback next year by playing really well on Sunday night, both by the fact that he's playing well and the fact that he is impacting their, they're directly impacting their draft pick. So I think he's in a very interesting situation, like heading into Sunday night. So I'm excited to see what he does. I think he has a lot to gain. I would have started Sudfeld because I think that gives you a better chance of losing, but 
it is what it is. Yeah, you know where I stand, must-lose game. I would have started Sudfeld, too. It is the all-time must-lose game. But Also, I- also super quick, Like, can we talk about, we brought up a lot of ridiculous Howie Roseman quotes. Let's not forget that when they drafted Jalen Hurts, he listed as a legitimate excuse as to why it made sense to, bring, to draft Hurts as, well, Sudfeld wants to be a starter in 2021. <laughs> like, think about that. Oh, he looked like, talk about scraping the barrel. Like, I, as someone that makes points for a living and like has to defend ones that at times I know it's probably wrong. Like that is scraping the bottom of the barrel of excuse making of, well, Sudfeld's going to be a starter in the it's, NFL in 2021. Just, so we had to plan for that. It's so asinine. And Sudfeld might be out of the NFL in 2020. It's, it's just such an embarrassment. Yeah. The he's whole thing. He might. The whole thing's an embarrassment. I got how he's coming up in a sec. Um, yeah, I think you make a really good point though about Hertz. It is, you know, we desperately want the Eagles to lose on Sunday night, but that dude wants to go out and play well in ball. <laughs> you know, that is a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and he does. It is a really look, uh, when you only have four games to evaluate someone and two were good and one was bad, this fourth one certainly could have a big impact yeah, on, on how you evaluate yep. him. Um ultimately I still think if I'm handicapping this whole thing, like I said to you at last pod, I would bet that they trade Wentz. Hertz is the starter. They give him the year, and if he's not great, they're probably going to pick I again, and then you draft a quarterback. But I think it's going to be really so, fascinating, and I think it also depends. Look, it it comes down to if they if they if Justin Fields is they absolutely love the guy, then that changes their calculation too. Well, and there's Kyle Wilson too. I mean, I, I think that like I've seen mock drafts that have Kyle Wilson Second, going number two to know, the Jets. I know. Sorry, exactly. God, I'm just you're I'm a mess off today. today. A mess. But, yeah. I got to learn these guys' names. Also, personally, I will say some of my takes that get retweeted the most and people trying to embarrass me are quarterback takes from 2016, like Paxton Lynch, Cardell Jones, Jared Goff. So this is a, like prime, I'm going to tweet something that's going to be being brought up in 2024. <laughs> you know, things like, things like, oh, I would, I would take Zach Wilson over Carson or, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be better than Justin Fields. Like these are things that are going to be percolating. Yeah, like Nate, Nate Sudfeld is better than Kyler Murray. Yeah, well, I didn't say that outright, but it was my my <laughs> overall take, and it was it was not a good one. Um, I was wrong about. Yeah, Kyler. I feel like you're. Dra- I obviously- feel like on a, on a consistent level, you are correct. Whether NBA or NFL draft takes are your weak spot. They are. I still think I'd be a very good GM, but I agree. Like draft picks are my weak spot. I mean, your Noah, pick- Noah Von Ley tweet, not your sport to cover, but is clearly your like all time. Didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, Joel Embiid had serious injury concerns, you know, like so. But Don't he's honestly it. more Don't talented basketball it. player okay. than Noah Von Ley. I will. I will take the You're L on that one. But L? Good. Let, let, let me ask you this. So you, you brought up the top five quarterback thing and I kind of dodged the question. But let me let me throw it back at you. Do you think there, like, in what world can you have different combinations on the roster at quarterback? Can you have Jalen Hurts in a top five pick? Can you have Carson and Jalen Hurts? I mean, I'm assuming you can't have Wentz and a top five pick, but like, how do you play that out if you're the Eagles? If you're at, if you're in the top five, you really fall in love with somebody. Does that mean you have to trade both Carson and Jalen, or can like how? What's I mean, have to is a strong phrase, but I would try to if that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I I would try and get as much value. Yeah, I would. I mean. You know, okay. that's un- unless unless look, unless they feel like Jalen Hurts is a backup QB, right? Unless they feel like, you know, the first two games were flashing the pan. What we saw in the last game is the real Jalen Hurts and they watch the next game. He doesn't play well. And they're like, all right, this guy's good. He could fill in for us, but he's not our go to guy. Then maybe you keep Hurts. I mean, you could 
theoretically make Hurts a backup again. I don't think Carson. I don't think there's any scenario where Carson Wentz is a backup quarterback for the Eagles next year. I just don't. No, I don't see it. No, I. I don't even think they'll do a quarterback competition. I but, don't either. I don't either. But I, you know, so, it's at least possible. But I, I don't see it. So you would like you would take a quarterback in the top five. Like you'd be well, not you would not. No, no, no. Yeah, like you are look, open to it. I'm yeah. open to it. Ultimately, I don't think I would because I do like Hurts. I I have been an, impressed enough with Hurts, even with the last game, that I would like to see him get a real chance. So I I probably would not, especially because look personally, I like Justin Fields a lot. I don't, I'm not in love with him. Like I I would much rather if I wanted a top quarterback I would try and trade up to want to get Trevor Lawrence if that were a possibility you know what I mean like but ultimately right. I think there's so many needs on this roster and I think they're going to be bad again next year so I think you're going to have another chance another quarterback if you want it potentially that I would take a different position and, and bolster your team and go with Hurts personally but I if they if and again it's it struggles when you say if they feel because I don't trust them to evaluate correctly but. In a in a in a vacuum, if a team feels a, a quarterback in the top five is worth it, based on their situation, then then I would always advocate going for that guy you believe in. I just don't believe in their ability to believe in guys. If you know what I mean, so can how we evaluate quarterbacks? Because if you look at twenty sixteen, you know the Wentz pick. Who knows? I mean, he took Clayton Thorson in the fifth round, right? I mean, I don't know. True, but I mean, he's he's drafted Carson and Jalen Hurts, so yeah. I don't. I got. You I know. don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's it, unwritten. You know, I would say he evaluated the Carson Jared Goff thing correctly. I agree. Right. I mean, he went up for Wentz. So and Jalen Hurts seems to be better than we thought. So maybe how he can evaluate quarterbacks. I don't know. Uh, I I mean, again, we we just don't know. I don't think there's enough evidence one way or the other to say it. But I, on a basic level, don't believe in how he's ability to evaluate football players, period. So, right. I would agree with that. But I will say one position, like he does good on offensive linemen outside of, you know, obviously, uh, outside, obviously, Andre Dillard, it seems. But I mean, the the Carson Jalen Hurts things, I don't know that they they could end up being right. Yeah, we'll see. Um, All right. Um, I want to get I'm going to get to Howie in in just one sec. And also, as promised, we're going to get the full story. What actually happened? Yes. How the ring got put on that finger. Um, But. Quickly, uh, I want, and look, we're going to do a lot of this. Obviously, it's coming. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm sure we'll do a full show full of predictions and stuff. But right now, as we are, like I said at the top of the pod, it's like kind of the first off-season pod right now. Obviously, there's still the game left, but the first pod that we're really, really, truly looking ahead and and saying, all right, this is officially done and all that. Give me an off-season prediction. Just one. We'll get into way more and stuff. But what's something that's been kicking around in your head is something – if you had to, and again, look, it could be a bold prediction. It could be a, something, a, a safe prediction, but, but give me a prediction for this Eagles offseason. Hmm. So you told me earlier we were going to do this, and I still can't come up with Do you want me to go first? One. Yeah, I want you to go okay. first because I have a few percolating in my head. So mine is, is a bit of a bold prediction. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I totally expect this to happen, but, and I'm not happy it's my prediction. But I'm starting to get a sense, and the way Doug mentioned him in the other uh, press conference the other day, and obviously knowing what we know the last few years. Mm, I know where this is going. I think Jason Kelsey's going to retire this offseason. Yep. I, I think this yeah. is it. I think If I had to bet my life, and again, I could be wrong, and this is a, it is a bold prediction, but if you told me bet your life is this Jason Kelsey's last game in the NFL, I would probably bet my life. Hmm. 
Again, I'm not as I don't feel. So, again, if I had to choose one side or the other, like uh, it is a bold prediction. There, it's like fifty-one forty-nine. But if I had to choose, if you're forcing me to choose, retire or not, I think I would take retire. The way. So for those who didn't hear the press conference, Doug said uh, when talking about the offensive line or the team for next year and the players. He said something to the effect of, we'll have to see what happens with Jason Kelsey, was his phrasing. It was super weird, super kind of just talking about what they have for next year. It just made me think, like, clearly, like, okay, they don't know if Kelsey's coming back. He's talked about retiring for the last few years. Uh, I think when you look at this team and the situation moving forward, like, what's he coming back for? You know, this is not a team that's winning the Super Bowl next year. This is not a team that likely is going to be any good next year. Certainly from a roster perspective, they are so hampered. Jason Kelsey's a smart guy. He knows the pounding he's put on his body. Like, I don't know. I, again, like, you never know. Uh, but I have a I have a strong feeling if I had to bet, I would bet Jason's done. So I think there's that possibility. I personally think you're reading too much into the quote. Like, I, I think the him being back, I think you, your overall read on it could be correct in the way that Kelsey's not back. I just don't think that that quote was, was that telling. Um, but look, if they lose Kelsey, that's a massive blow. It just... It really, really is. Um, all right, my my bold prediction. Been waiting for this one, but I, I will drop it now. It's about the Ooh. offensive line. Ooh. I, I think Andre Dillard's a starting left tackle. Weekend. No, what? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, look, like that. Don't... Talking about Doug saying stuff. Doug has gone out of his way to mention Andre Dillard. Yeah, look, he's still a former first round pick that they handed the job to this year, right? Like, and look, Jordan Mailata has played well. I think there'll be a competition in 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 name only. But I think they will start Andre Diller at left tackle. I don't think they're going to hand the job to Jordan Mailata. So I and I, you know, if Howie's back, we've seen that Howie allows draft totally. stock to kind of totally. impact, right? So I, I think there's a really good chance. I think it's, it's a great Duffer. prediction. I, I I think it's probably more likely than mine. I, I I like just that makes all the sense to me in the world. Like Andre Diller, like everyone's will assuming get, they moved on. Andre Dillard's going to get them. They keep bringing him pick. up. They keep bringing him up. Doug has yep. brought him up like three times, unabated, talking about next year, the offensive line. We'll see where Dillard's at. We're excited about him all that. And to your point, I agree. Like Howie, it, Howie Roseman, we think he will be here. Then that means that Howie Roseman's going to do what Howie Roseman does, and that is prioritize the guy he took higher in the draft than the guy he took later in the draft. Period. The, the only way I think I'll be wrong is if is if they trade him. Like I think that they would be open to doing it, but if he's back, he he will start, in my opinion. I I agree with you. I think that is a great prediction. Um, and we both disagree, to be clear, we both disagree with that. Oh, like you, we both yeah, took Kelsey back. Yes, yes. This is not how we want these things to play out. Um. All right. Uh, in a minute, we're gonna get the full story, which I've been waiting for, and I'm very excited to hear how it all went down. Elliot, Kristen, <laughs> the great, the couple of 2020. Um. Yeah. But quickly, I just want to because I've mentioned it a few times, but Howie Roseman, I just want to make sure to hammer something home. That we have kind of... In case people are unaware where you stand <laughs> on Howie Roseman. It's not even just for where I stand. This is more of a a, a public service announcement to Eagles fans. A, 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 call, <laughs> a call to action, almost, as it were. In that, look, we have... You know, we're talking a lot about Doug. Will he lose his job? Whatever. Carson Wentz, you're going to get traded all that because that's the stuff we know is going to happen, and we know there's going to be decisions made on that. And just because we feel very confident that Harry Roseman is going to be back, because we do, because of that Damo report and because, you know, the Lori Howie relationship, we weren't confident he would be gone at any point, and that just hammered home that he won't. Um, it's kind of led us to, to, and you know me, I will always force it in and find ways to, to tell people how I feel yeah. about Harry Roseman and how he's the true problem with this team, the core problem with this team, the true 
issue with this team. But I just want to make sure that because Howie is coming back, we don't let up. We don't stop talking about how bad Howie Roseman is at his job. We don't just say, oh, well, Howie's back. Let's see what Howie can do. No, no. Howie Roseman needs to go. And just because he's not going this offseason doesn't mean that we should let up and stop calling out every horrendous traffic, every horrendous move, and keep the heat on. Even if Jeffrey Lurie doesn't hear a word of it, which he probably doesn't, the heat has to stay on Howie Roseman. He has to go. Fire this guy. Just because he's coming back doesn't mean I'm going to stop talking about how he needs to be fired and how he is, again, the true core problem with this team. And until he's gone... I don't think they will be great again. That's how strongly how I feel about Howie Roseman has to go. And I just want to make sure that just because he's coming back doesn't mean that we let up and doesn't mean that we say, oh, well, Howie's back. Let's see what Howie's going to do. Drop pick, yay, whatever. No. Like, stay on it. This guy is the problem with the Philadelphia Eagles, and until he's gone, it's going to be a problem. Thank you very much. So we're not on the same page with this. Like, I agree that I would move on from Howie. I just, I don't think that Howie being back means they, they can't be competitive. I, I, I was actually, while you were, while you were going on that beautiful rant, I was thinking like, do I think they're more likely to finish first or fourth in the NFC East in 2021? And I would pick first. Oh so I, my I'm God. Not... I would bet my house that they're more likely to finish fourth than first. Okay. I mean, look, I, you know, I the, the division being horrible is the only way I could. Look, let me put it this way. I will, I'm willing to bet you right now the Eagles will be under 500 next year. Mm. I feel so incredibly confident that the Eagles will be a sub 500 team next year. I don't know if I'd take that bet. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would take that bet. If you told me, yeah, I, it'll be close. I, I don't know, actually. Look, we're too far away. Ultimately, I agree with you. Like, Howie, Howie's not done a good job the last two years. I still think that they can win with the the duo of Howie and Doug. To me, it comes down to the quarterback and what they do there. But your your point stands, and I can already tell that you're going to be so annoyed when Howie gives his end of the year press conference oh and gets God. up there and talks and makes his little jokes and like uh, you know. So I, it's not going to be fun <laughs> for you. I'm dreading it. Do we want to give a prediction for the game? By the way, I guess we have GoBirds Radio on Saturday. Yeah, we'll we'll actually get more into that. Should we we should make our pick though quickly. Um Washington plus one, or excuse me, Washington minus one now as we are recording this. Uh Elliot, uh you've had such a good read on this team. I'll let you take it first. Do you think the Eagles uh I screw guess us? I thought they were <laughs> So at the beginning of the year, my prediction was the Cowboys would win the division and the Eagles wouldn't make the playoffs. For a while it looked like that was not gonna happen, but now it might, right? I think the Eagles win this game. Um, I, I think they will come out and fight. I, Washington just hasn't impressed me even all year. Like at times I thought the giants were the best team in the division. I've never been sold on Washington. And I think last week kind of showed it. Now, if they get Alex Smith back, that does change things, but I'm just, I'm not worried about the Washington offense. And yes, the Washington defense is, is an issue for sure. Their defensive line is, is very, very good, but I think Jalen hurts can, can handle that. So I, I think this is like a low-scoring type game, which helps the Eagles. I don't think Washington is going to get over 30 points. So I think the Eagles can win this game. It'll frustrate everybody, but it just feels like a game they'll win. Of you know? course they're going to win. Want them to of lose. course they're going to win. I, I, I'm so confident in an Eagles win on Sunday. It's it's a disaster. Like, of course they're going to win it. We know this game. Yeah. Pat, you mentioned Pat Sherman before. Like, that's the last time I remember going to the last game of the season being like, 
please, please, please lose this game no matter what lose it. And they won it, of course. I, I, I just, I'm so with you. I'm also taking the Eagles plus one. Like, I don't know I just, if Washington is set up to take advantage of the yeah, Eagles. Secondary. Look, I desperately, I will be rooting my butt off for Washington, but I'm with you. I am also taking the Eagles, sadly, to cover. We'll do all our, uh, we'll go through every game on the slate uh, on our show tomorrow. All right, Elliot, uh, enough of this Eagles nonsense. I mean, this is a, yeah. a, a, a 4 11 and what, 4 10 and 1 team that we've just spent 50 minutes jabbering about can we talk about the important stuff how did it happen for those who don't know yeah. if you didn't listen to the post game pod or or not on twitter our boy the one the only elliot short parks is now engaged congratulations mm. to him and Kristen. um elliot how Thank did you. it play out it was christmas eve blow by blow how'd it go yeah well so I, I started the last pod with saying this, and I, but I'll say it again. I really do appreciate everyone that's like DM'd and, you know, tweeted nice things. And even the people that tweeted like funny, mean things, like Kristen got a kick out of, out of reading all the responses. So I truly do appreciate that. The other funny thing about getting engaged, but then also like being someone that's on the radio is I did the post-game show, the pre-game show on Sunday. I did uh, Angelo's show. I've done your show. I've done Ike's Reese. So I've like talked about this now five times. Plus the five. So I feel like I've told this story a bunch. So if you've heard it, I apologize. But I will give like the full, not like 30 second radio answer. Like this will be the full story yes. of, of how it happened. It better be. That's, yeah. that's, so, that's what we deserve here. Right. So actually, ironically, James, you know this, but you were the first person to see the ring. So because I brought it into yeah. the studio yes. uh, two Saturdays ago before the show. And for those listening that might be like thinking about getting engaged, you will sympathize with me on this one. Like it's hard to think of something right now to do that's super special. Like obviously you want to make the moment special, both for your significant other, for you, like for the memory, for the moment. But it's hard right now with COVID and like everything shut down and like trying to get people together. Like uh, Kristen's last few friends that have gotten engaged, like afterwards, they've like we've all met up, right? And like celebrated instantly. And I, I like that idea because, you know, she wants to be able to see her friends and all that, but it's just tough with COVID. So, and I did talk with you about some ideas and you told me the story about when you, uh, when you proposed and you had a ball in story. Yep. So <laughs> trying to think that, yeah, I mean, you like just, you did. So trying to think different things. So ultimately what I decided was I did it Christmas Eve, uh, which has been a special day for me and her, like every Christmas Eve, even when we were just kind of dating, we would spend it together, just me and her. And, you know, cook, cook a big meal and, you know, celebrate and just, I, I love Christmas, as I've said. So um, I decided, well, I was initially thinking of New Year's Eve to kind of like start 2021 on a good note. But then I decided I didn't want to wait. I had the ring. Like I was excited to do it. Burning Christmas a Eve, hole in your pocket, as they say. Yeah. Or more likely my drawer. And I would look <laughs> at it like every three hours to make sure it wasn't like stolen or gone. So all right, so I, I plan Christmas Eve. Like, um, I'm going to do it. I, I text you saying, like, I think tonight's the night. So, but, of course, like, of course, there's a massive rainstorm planned for that night. Like, <laughs> I, I'm looking at the radar. And at first, it might have been snow, but then it just didn't get cold enough. So I'm looking at the radar, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get a ton of rain, a ton of wind. <laughs> like, number one, it's my number one fear. Not only just rain, but also rain overnight when I might be sleeping and, like, something could happen so it was my so i'm like sitting there that day and i'm like all right i want to do this i'm going to do it but the rain is like a major buzzkill so i'm texting you about it 
And I will say there was like an hour where I'm like, maybe I should wait. I don't want the rain to ruin the moment. I don't want us to get engaged. And then like the power goes out and I'm getting water in my basement or something like that. But then I was like, all right, man up, Elliot. Don't let the rain impact you. And you made the good point of this is a good chance for you to have a different relationship with rain. Yep. Like you remember a, a good thing with it now. Turn so it around. I was like, right. So I was like, okay. So we finished dinner. We finished cooking dinner. Um, I had suggested to her that we dress up nicely just to kind of like be in a festive mood, but also so that she would be dressed nicely when I did it. So good work by had you. Up. Yeah, it was a little, you know, some pre-planning. Um, I go upstairs. The ring was upstairs. I put on a blazer so I'd have it in my uh, coat pocket. And once dinner was finished, it was funny. I was on my phone throughout the night checking the w- checking the weather and like texting. <laughs> so right before dinner, she's like, are you going to put your phone away? And I'm like, all right, that's a fair point. But, yeah, I'm like, this isn't great. But I had written a note, like a long letter in my phone on my notes app. So before we sat down, I was like, oh, I, I wrote something I want to read you. And that's not surprising to her because I'm a very emotional man. So she wasn't like thrown off by that. Right. But uh, so she, she sits down. I read the letter. I made it like halfway through. Got emotional. Of course. Um, yeah, of course, as, as you know, as who someone would, who watches Love who Actually would, all the time. Yeah. Would. yeah. So um, finished the letter, uh, you know, obviously got down on one knee, asked her to marry me. She said yes, very celebratory. And then the funny thing is Kingsley, our dog, uh, I swear, like, this isn't made up. He was over on the couch when this was all happening. He comes over because at this point, we're both like kind of like on the ground hugging, not laying down. But like I was on my knee. She came down to hug me. Right, right. And he comes over and I swear he puts one paw on her and one paw on my Aww. daughter. Real. Yeah. So night. Um, it did it did end up raining really hard. We lost power for like ten minutes, but that's not the important part. Like so it was a beautiful night and uh yeah. So that's the the long story. That's not awesome, my- man. That's awesome. I'm getting a little misty over here. Yeah. It's a and I, you know, beautiful like, thing. It's funny, like now being engaged, like I I didn't think it would really feel that much different, but it is like it does feel extra special and like she's super excited looking at like wedding stuff and all that. So it's been a uh, it's been a fun few days. It's so awesome, if, you're, if you're thinking about doing it, you know, obviously each situation is different. I don't want to give somebody bad advice if they're, you know, dating a snake or something. But <laughs> I would suggest it. It's a uh, it's a fun experience. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. It's a great story. The Kingsley part, that's just adorable. Like, I could see it in my it's mind. Unreal. Like, it's, it sounds like I made it up, but I really didn't. That's it's awesome. crazy. That's awesome. So, so obviously, the, the most important question, did it change your, your relationship with Rain? <laughs> this is the real key here. Do you now look at Rain more fondly? I just don't. I can't lie. Like, I just, it still scares me. I thought um, it was very it, creative it, when I said that to you. I was like, all right, this it, is a good spin. Honestly, right it was the best, like, reason like it was the best like counter of like just man up all right (laughs) but um yeah and of course it's gonna rain new year's eve like i swear it rains every thursday like if i had to write down the thursdays it would rain but that's not the important part so and so like like i said i've been on the radio multiple times like talking about it and she's enjoyed listening to that too so it's definitely been a fun experience and like i said people that tweeted at me like it's really made the experience that much better. Yeah, that's so cool. And obviously, Kristen's awesome. Um, and uh, I'm so happy for you guys. And how about this? If you want to uh, tell Elliot yourself how happy you are for him, leave a review. Five stars. Uh, well, 
you know, congratulations yeah. to Elliot. It, it can even be your engagement present to Elliot because it makes his day. So if you want to make Elliot's day, give him a little congratulations for getting engaged. Give us a five-star review. We're still trying to get up to 2,000 forces to take the SAT. So rate and review the pod. Um, and do it for Elliot. Do it for the newly engaged Elliot Shore Parks. It's exciting. Yes. I'm, re- yes. I'm really and excited. Maybe, it's awesome. Who knows? At the wedding, uh, maybe as a prerequisite to come in, I'll like make people leave review on, a review on <laughs> I love that idea. Like before you come in, you know. and Was like that well, a little, obviously have to a little laptop set up there and you just have to click yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pull up your phone, show me you're subscribed, leave a review, give me a take, and then you can come in. Not going to lie. This so. might be your best idea ever. This is, this is very I, I think it is. <laughs> Anything that benefits the Go Birds pod is a uh, is a good idea. Cosign that idea. Um, all right. Uh, again, super psyched for you guys. It's very cool. Um, Thank you. Final thoughts, my friend. So, all right. Here's a thought kind of related to this. Um, it's weird to to use the word fiance. Like it's exciting. Oh, and it's I'm fun. so with you. It almost feels like a humble brag. Oh, like yeah. you well, know, like are, do, are are you a Seinfeld guy? Have we ever talked about this? I'm like, you've seen episodes here and there. I've seen episodes. I'm not as into it as I am Curb Your Enthusiasm, but like I, I would acknowledge it's a good show. Like a lot of things I don't watch a lot. I'll just say I don't like it. This is one where I don't watch a lot, but I will acknowledge yeah. that it's a good Certainly, show. Certainly, Emily and I are rewatching it. It's, it's just amazing. It's worth the time. Mm-hmm. But there is a joke in that where they're at a party and the woman just keeps going, my fiance and I, and oh, where's my fiance? I can't find my fiance. Where did my fiance go? And it's just like, so, and it just is such a, because you know, like that's, Certainly there are types of people who like to say that, but also it is, it is a super weird word and it's a weird, weird right, thing it's just to say. Weird. It's like, right. all right, we it's get almost, it. You're engaged. We get it. Cool. You know? Right. And and like, it's almost like I'm like forcing someone to congratulate me <laughs> almost in a way. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, like if I just like my girlfriend or my wife, that's like, that's who that person is. But if fiance is like the middle ground, it's, it's like, like, oh, exciting, congratulations. You know? That's exciting. Right. Like, exactly. Especially because you know, yeah, exactly. like I could say my wife and she can be my wife of 10 years or, or 10 days. But fiance, right. it's like you know you're in that in between. Like, oh, they're gonna get married. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that that's been a, a new experience over the last few days. That but I, I agree with you on that. It's a weird word. It's a weird word. All right. What about you? Any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I am happy I don't have to record an emergency Phillies podcast because it was a very minor trade yes. they made. I was worried it was gonna be a big trade. Heard rumblings of a trade, small trade, and now I can have some days off, Elliot. I'm pretty psyched. Well, give me give me the quick take on it. Okay, Jose Alvarado, uh, left you throws hard. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Look, he's so right. is he the best bullpen guy they have now? I mean, he's right there. I mean, Hector Neris is better than him. So he's someone who um, has a lot of stuff. Like, there's a lot of talent in there. He was awesome two years ago, like or three years ago, 2017. He was like legit fire. 2017 and 2018, 2018 in particular was legit fire. Like he was awesome. And then 2019, he was like mediocre to bad. And last 2020, he was horrible. But he has a sho- he had a shoulder issue, um, so there's some injury concerns. Uh, look, is he old? No, 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 he's not old. Um, it's a it's okay. it's a it's an upgrade for the bullpen. He's a lefty who throws hard and has stuff like that's it's good. But it's a very minor move. Certainly not an emergency podcast move, which is so the fine the prospect me. they traded away. Because I remember when they first hired Dombrowski, you're and Jack Fritz is saying on the High Hopes pod was like, he trades away, you know, young players for immediate gain and kind of like empties the farm system. Did they give up a lot for this guy? No, no? Garrett Clevenger, they gave up a lefty reliever. Like, it's a very, it's a, it's a fine trade. It's a fine trade. Okay. All right. 
There it is. So no, no emergency pod. You, you, you all you high hope listeners, you can just listen to the final few minutes. Listen of this pod. to Go Birds. Exactly right. Um, go or, Birds. Or how about this? How about this? If guys. you're listening to this, uh, we'll give we'll give them a plug. If you're listening to this right as it comes out tonight at six o'clock, actually the next two nights, Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe. Oh yes, six yes. o'clock. Listen to our buddy Jack Fritz on WIP hosting his own show. Pretty cool. Excited for Jack. That's neat. It is very exciting. That's the weird part about working at WIP is it's like that's our friend and he's doing something, but like, it's a huge thing for him. Oh, you know, like it's so it doesn't, weird. I, I'm it so doesn't register you. as much, but yeah, it's, it's funny how that works. One last sports take. And then we can really, uh, we can end this bad boy. Like <laughs> Sixers, Sixers, just trade whatever you can for James Harden, whatever oh, you have to yeah, do to get James sure. Harden and Joel Embiid on the same roster. Just trade it. I don't care if it's Ben Simmons and every draft pick for the next three years. I don't care if it's Ben Simmons, Ma- trading Maxi would suck. I think Maxi's going to be good. I, I agree but, with you in, in principle. I just don't think you have to. I don't think there's enough suitors for Harden who can actually beat you with a Ben Simmons plus trade that like you would have to do this. But on a basic level, I agree. Whatever it takes to get James Harden here, Ben Simmons. Yeah, is not like the don't let another team game. outbid you. I guess yeah. is my point. I agree because they you can't. Know, obviously, give up as least as you can. That's what you want to do. But like, if you put James Harden on the Sixers with Joel Embiid, they're so much better. They have a better chance of winning the title over the next 10 years with James Harden and Joel Embiid than they do with Ben Simmons it's and Joel Embiid. Yeah, it's not, it's, it, this is stupid that anyone who disagrees with that. Sorry if you're... <laughs> any any Flyers takes? We'll just hit the four for four. Ooh, as we have. Uh, yeah. I, I have none. I uh, guess they'll be good. I'm excited to watch them play. How there it is. Uh, how how about that for a take? <laughs> I guess yeah. they'll be good. Should be fun. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Flyers. Nailed it. Um, all right. We'll be back tomorrow, Parks Picks Pod. Saturday, we're back on the radio. Coming out with us, 1 to 3 on WIP. And uh, and then, obviously, uh, our final post-game of the season on Sunday night. Yeah. Right? Of course, it could have been you know much earlier in the day, but we'll do it at 1230 oh, or whatever. That's so, so brutal. Stupid NFL, I hate you. All right, um, we'll be back with the Parks Picks Pod tomorrow. Until then, he's Ali. I'm James. Talk to you guys later. 